The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Thank you that it reveals truth, most of all truth about who you are and who you are. 
your heart is filled with your love and stuff. And you accept that you can succeed. So I don't seriously say you're open up, you're open up, and you can do it. God has accepted in your things from, from bad news. You can hear a variety of things. And you can hear bad news for us. Normally when someone gives us some bad news, we go through a process of processing the information as it receives. And normally there's a couple of stages to that. Often the first stage when we're in a state of shock, our mind is normally dominated by questions that relate to why. Why is it happening to me? If someone is just told us that they're leaving a, a state of shock, we think, why are they going? Why are they leaving? Normally, the second stage in the process will be a state of processing, a state of searching for answers. The question normally changes from why to how. How am I going to cope without? How am I going to manage without this person? And when you receive bad news from someone, normally the worst thing they can then do is to keep talking about it. You're not in a place where you can take in what they're saying. You want time to just sit with your thoughts and process quietly. Yes, of course, the verbal process, in which case everyone else around you wants to hear the existing quiet so they can sit in their thoughts. We come to the passage before us this morning. It's helpful for us to remember that Jesus is filling the upper room with his disciples. And he has given them some bad news as they speak. He has told them, I'm going away. And you cannot come with me. Now the disciples have spent three years solid time with Jesus. We've got to understand their relationship is a close, intimate one. He's been their provider, their protector, their teacher. It's like he's been a father to them. They've shared plenty. They've shared little. They've shared in miracles. Whether that be providing abundance of food, whether that be walking on water and calm the storm, whether that be healing, resurrection to the dead, from the dead. They've shared rooms together. They've shared a lot. And now Jesus rocks their world. Starts with washing their feet. And it continues with bombshell after bombshell. Because one of you is going to betray me. And by the way, I'm going away. And you cannot come. Yes. 
you come up because you know the way. Because their world rocked by bad news after bad news of Jesus. They're just trying to process that Jesus does that. And by the way, you've got to love like I love. Or I'm not here. Rather than giving them some quiet space to just sit in their thoughts with their questions and process what they're hearing, Jesus keeps talking. The sheer volume of words that we have recorded for us is staggering. If you've got one of those Bibles that has Jesus' words in red, it'll really stand out to you. There's pages worth of just Jesus talking. And it's not just empty words. He's not shooting the breeze or just filling empty space with words like some people can do. But Jesus is giving them some really important stuff that they need to take on board. They need to remember and apply in their lives as they go. We get such a volume of words. The ones that really stand out are the ones that are repeated. When you're struggling to process bad news, it's repeated words that give you something to grab onto. It can help you focus your thoughts. The Apostle John does that for us this morning. He includes some repeated phrases of Jesus. And we'll use these to help us focus on what Jesus is saying. And there are phrases that include words that relate to love and doing or keeping commandments of Jesus' words to be perfect. And it starts our passage in verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. In verse 31, this is Jesus speaking. He says, But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. From these phrases, we can surmise two things. Firstly, that our love for Jesus is demonstrated in our obedience. His word. And secondly, God's love for us is demonstrated in His faithfulness to His word. Let me repeat that. Our love for Jesus is demonstrated in our obedience to His word. God's love for us is demonstrated in His faithfulness to His word. So that's really great, isn't it? Our love is demonstrated in our obedience to His words. So Jesus calls us, if we love Him, to obey His commandments. Well, the problem we have is that we so often fail in this area, don't we? None of us can say that we get that right all of the time. Time and again, we fail 
you know, I gave you Jesus' commands. And Jesus knows that. And now that John has grabbed our attention, let's spend some time looking between those phrases. Let's look at the, the other words that flow from these phrases and support these phrases. And we'll see when we do that Jesus is actually committed to our success in loving him and obeying his commands. Today we fail, God gives the Holy Spirit as our helper to support disciples in their loving obedience to Jesus. The term helper there translates into the word and it can mean helper, it can mean sponsor, advocate, supporter, counselor, intercessor. It's basically someone who is called to someone's aid. And this helper is identified for us in verse 26. He's the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. See, if the disciples are going to have a hope of keeping God's commandments, of loving Him, then they're going to need to be supported in this They're going to need to be supported in this See, love and obedience, love of Jesus and obedience to His commandments can't be separated. It's like a glass is made up for you. You know, you can't, once it's made up, you can't separate the concentrate from the water anymore, can you? Yet so often, Christians will try to separate love of Jesus with doing what he said. Sometimes we try to separate them by claiming that we love Jesus. That we're willing to disregard his commandments for our We do this if they don't seem to measure up, if they don't seem to benefit us in our own interest. Or maybe we follow, we say we follow Jesus' commandments, yet we're willing to neglect the needs of others, even though we have the wisdom to do something about it. We need to be growing and maturing in our love for Jesus and in our obedience to His commandments. And the Holy Spirit, our helper, enables us to do that. And there's a few ways that our passage says He enables us in that place. The first way He does it is that He unites disciples to Jesus and the Father in a new intimacy. He will give you another helper to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. You see in those verses, verses 15 to 17, it's the Holy Spirit who will come and indwell the disciples of Jesus. The 
then look at verses 18 to 21. Jesus says, I will come to you. For I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So verses 18 to 21, it is Jesus who is coming to his disciples. And then look at verses 23 and 24. Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Is he saying that it's the Father and the Son coming to the Father? All of these things, the Holy Spirit coming, the Jesus coming, the Father coming to the disciples, all of these things are accomplished through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We can say that the Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus with his people while Jesus is Holy Spirit is uniting the disciples of Jesus with Jesus and God the Father in a new intimacy. An intimacy that these disciples have not known before, even though they had spent such time with Jesus. They have been in such close proximity to Him. with God through His Spirit indwelling the lives of the soul. But it's not just that that the Holy Spirit has become. Another way He supports the disciples in their loving obedience to Jesus' command is that He teaches and reminds the disciples of the truth. It is called the Spirit of Truth in verse 17. And then in verse 26, Jesus says, With the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The New Testament is the fruit of the Spirit. Is the fruit of the Holy Spirit coming and indwelling the apostles. And though they had no way of writing down what Jesus has just been saying to them, the Holy Spirit comes and teaches the truth of what Jesus said and brings to their mind the words that Jesus said and enables them to record them so they can be passed on to us 2,000 years later. Imagine what that must have been like to the apostles as they were recording the words of Jesus. These aha moments. Maybe you've had some aha moments yourself. It's like spiritual heartburn. The thought that the, the disciples got on the road to Emmaus and Jesus walked with them and 
open their eyes and open the scriptures to them in turn, verse 24. It says, it said he said, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us in the way, while he opened to us the scriptures? Have you had those aha moments? Those moments of spiritual heartbeat where the Holy Spirit grabs the Word of God that is a way that the Holy Spirit supports disciples in their loving obedience. But it doesn't stop there. The Holy Spirit also imparts Jesus' own peace to the disciples. You see that in verse 27. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The peace that Jesus gives to his disciples, the peace that the Holy Spirit imparts to his disciples is Jesus' peace. It's not the peace that the world gives. It's peace that the world achieves and maintains is peace that comes through violence, through intimidation, through threats of exclusion from society, from the removal of privileges. That is not the peace that Jesus gives. Jesus gives us peace through his death and resurrection. He takes the violence on himself and gives us privileges that he has. Now, the peace that Jesus gives has two aspects to it. Firstly, it is peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified, justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Through Jesus. We can live in relationship with God. Through Jesus, we have relationship, not rebellion with God. The connection is restored between God and man. Through Jesus, the barrier of sin is taken away so that we can have peace with God. But the second aspect of the peace that Jesus gives is the peace of God. The peace that enables us to be content despite our circumstances, despite times of great difficulty, despite bad news. Philippians chapter 4, verses 27. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. 
Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That is a peace that is only possible through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our heart. We start to pick up through those verses that this peace is so closely related to joy that Tim Keller says, joy is God's peace and reconciliation with us. Joy is God's peace and reconciliation with us. The peace that is made possible in Jesus' death and resurrection is made available to us by God's grace and this peace is imparted to us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You have peace in your heart today. Have you experienced the joy of peace with God? Relationships restored. You have in your heart this morning the peace of God. A peace that no matter what the situation that you face, no matter how troubling the times may seem, the peace that no matter how difficult and terrible the need may be. May be. Peace that enables you to have joy. Do you have that peace in your heart? Friends, our love for Jesus is demonstrated in our obedience to His word. Jesus knows that he will suffer. But he hasn't left us alone. He has sent the Holy Spirit, our helper, to support us in our loving obedience to Jesus. He is the one that unites us to Jesus. He is the one that teaches and reminds us of the truth. And He is the one that imparts Jesus' own peace to us. He is You are not left as orphans in this world. 
Christ has instituted, it has come to you to spirit to free the life of the Thank you that you haven't said dirty, baby, and just left us alone. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you know us intimately, and through your Spirit, you can be known intimately by us. Father, we acknowledge that we messed up. And so often we fail to love you. And obey what you have told us to do today. We fail to live as you have called us to live. But we praise you this morning that you have not left us alone, that you have given us your spirit. And Holy Spirit, this morning we want to come before you as broken people. And ask that you would do your good work in us. That you would teach us. That you would show us Jesus. And cause us to live life as loving as it needs to be. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.